When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We trying to behave ourselves on the story? Well, y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. And I'm back with a brand new episode of TGIF. And like always, we are here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. And later on the show, we'll be joined by the host of Fox Soul's new show, Kitchen Talk. You don't want to miss that. Now sit back, relax, get you something to drink because we have a lot to talk about tonight. Please welcome my fabulous co-host, brand strategist, Al Reynolds. In New York City. What's going on, Al? What's going on, Claudia? I took your place, right? I just missed you by a day, right? Yeah, yeah. We used to hang out in New York back in the day. Yeah. I just had to escape you at the end of the night because you wouldn't want to stop partying <laughs> until 7 a.m. Until the next day, right. But you know what? The weather's better today, Claudia. It was really, really, really nice. It was very sunny, you know, not very chilly. As soon as I leave, because it was cold. It was brick when I was there. Yeah. Um, okay, please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host, Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? What's going on, y'all? <laughs> so I hear Al tells us that this is another week of you being dry. You know what? Well, very lubricated and moisturized, rather, from this water, this detox. You know, I don't know. I've just been really serious about this whole life change thing. And there's actually, uh, in addition to, like, not drinking and continuing this. Remember I told you guys I went to that wedding in Atlanta where Kay sang Mm-hmm. And I was like, it had me feeling like, you know, I potentially may want to get married. Remember that? Yeah. Well, something I didn't tell you guys. So at that wedding, I actually met someone like it was the um, the bride's brother's best friend. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't know. Life is just really funny because we've been talking ever since. And um, I think I might be coming off the market. Really? I, I I think the gentleman caller situation just might be done. Okay, so can I ask a question, please? Yes. Have you had any gentleman callers this week? No, not at all. Not at all. Al, do you know something we don't? <laughs> I take that as a yes, because I know y'all be having late night phone calls and be checking in and drunk calling and stuff. So is there something that, no, we're going to let Funky live. If we're going to be a bride and be taken off the market, we should not hate. We should, like, let's play along with it. Am I hating? I, I might be a little bit of hating there. You know you, when your friend gets married and she's, like, a former hoe, but you can't really say all those things? You can't really like, say no, it. Woman. You say like, a, like, you say you a you former hoe. Child, I'm still a current hoe. That's April. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Y'all know the streets be calling my name. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and Al, I'm gonna get you for telling my dog on business. I didn't All say right. nothing. I asked a question. <laughs> we read between the lines very well here, <laughs> TGIF. Okay, I got. You know, we would love to come to your wedding and catch the the bouquet and, and all that, all the formalities. I'm sure it'll be fabulous. Al, well, what are you drinking tonight? Uh 
<clears throat> probably why I'm so giddy. I'm having a Long Island. Oh, I God. Ooh, you on one tonight. That's yeah. five liquors. That's a lot. I can't do that. I got some uh, simply lemonade vodka. You, you have a hard day? I had a hard week. What was so hard about it? This Will Smith situation, you know, work. I mean, everything. It's just been like strange. I don't know why I've been like feeling all of the wrath of everything this week. You, you, was, you was rolled hard and put away wet? <laughs> no, you know what? I got to be honest. I got to be 100% honest. In my corporate job, I'm probably the only, only person that, that looks like you and I and all of us. And for some reason, I feel like I'm carrying the burden of what happened mm. Sunday night into work because everyone's asking, oh, what do you think about this? As if I'm the aficionado about all things black. And I just feel like even though I'm in leadership, executive leadership, I just feel like there's been this unspoken pressure that I'm feeling and I haven't been able to process it all the way. Like, I don't feel like I should have to explain you know, that every day, all day. It's like, especially the to the non-African-Americans <laughs> that I work with, like, mm -hmm. it's almost like they are reveling in this. They love the fact that this happened. It's just got me feeling some kind of way at work. I don't know, y'all. I'm just, it's just like, it's it's just well, got me round, it's got time, me round up. Every time they bring that up and, and, and have you be the official spokesperson for Black people, you bring up uh, January 6th. Oh, card, big joker. Good idea, Claudia. Like, bam, just be, be like, you know, let's talk about something that actually affects all of us. Let's talk about January 6th and how your people try to overturn the election. Yeah, well, Good stuff. Oh, don't, see, don't even let them. Don't even let them do that. Will Smith is where, no, they're closer to the January 6th people than we are to Will Smith. Okay. You know what? It's, it was almost like they are so excited that we have a, this big, huge mishap and that it was a black male and that there was violence involved. You know, it's okay. like, like it's just been kind of interesting. So thanks. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, use that and make them feel bad. Uh, we have some uh, comments already in the chat about Funky with this narrative that he's ready to be taking up the market. They're not buying it. Uh, Synchro Fifty <laughs> says Q is April Fools. I don't believe that. <laughs> Anna Monique says uh, April Fools. Funky Dineva is lying. So uh, <laughs> we, we'll we'll find out. We will find out. Okay. Well, I'm getting the. We got to get to the topics. Oh, sorry, uh, Al. Will Smith has resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences following uh, the incident with uh, Chris Rock that took place. In a statement, Smith called his actions shocking, painful, and inexcusable, and said that he will accept any additional consequences that the Academy's Board of Governors deems appropriate. Smith continued, I betrayed the trust of the Academy. I deprived other nominees and winners of their opportunity to celebrate and be celebrated for their extraordinary work. I am heartbroken. Fellas, are you surprised at this? Um, Thank you. Whoever wants to go first. I, I, I'm not. I think it's preemptive. I, I, I think, you, you know, it's one of those things where it's better to, to, to quit before you get fired. You know, one of those types of things. I also think it's the appropriate thing to do in, in terms of like quelling some of this booty chatter. Um, but Al, you would probably know better than I would. What does resignation and what does participation particularly mean? When, when you say I resign, does that mean like he can no longer be nominated for awards. Like, like what does that mean? Well, you know, it, it's according to the bylaws and I, I didn't have a chance to get through them all, but obviously, you know, his, his, his management team, his agents 
his lawyers have had the last couple of days to read everything relating to the standards of conduct as well as the bylaws. And they felt like that this was the best plan of action in order to preserve his ability maybe to re-enter. So we're gonna find out also on the 18th if, if, if there's an expulsion clause to this, meaning he can't ever come back. But in this case, I think this was the best course of action in order to protect his brand. This man has worked 35 years, 35 years in the industry, um, basically stainless, if, we, if we're really honest. Um, he's done some amazing work. And I think that this is very smart of Will to resign before he was expelled. Uh, or what's the word? If it's not expelled, what is it called? Uh, shit. I believe he, he can still be nominated, but he can't vote. He's not part of like, there's like voting privileges. Like when you're in the union, Screen Actors Guild, all that kind of stuff. I think he can't vote. And I think this was done so they can't take the Oscar away from him. Right, you know, I want, I want to bring up one point for all the Black women out there, because I know that a lot of people have been attaching this protect Black women thing. And a lot of people call this protecting Black women. For a lot of you Black women out there, I want y'all to understand if in your eyes, this is what protecting Black women looks like, and this is what you would want your man to go out in the real world and do, then as a part of that protection, you need to be prepared to protect him while he's either standing in jail or while he's standing in the unemployment line. Because in the real world, you cannot go on your job because somebody says something that you do not like and slap them without the risk of going to jail or being fired and subsequently you being homeless. I don't think this was protecting black women. And all, all things constant, if you apply this to real world situations, this is actually leaving black women vulnerable because if your husband is in jail or if he is without job, then you don't have an income and you are left to the dangers of real physical danger if your man is behind jail. Just my two cents. I'm going to agree with you. As a Black woman, I would not want my man to ruin our night, actually his night, but our family's night with this. That's not the way to protect me. Protect me. Go check him off to the side after you thought about it for a second. Don't make a fool out of our entire family, your legacy, and our name. Now we are we are fodder for the world for, forever. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm disappointed in a lot of women I've seen online, y'all just don't know what it feels like to have a man stand up for you. This is not, if it hasn't jeopardized a man's freedom, like you said, or a career, that is not good for the family. And, and, and in the end, it's not good for you. So, you know, there's other ways to protect you besides bitch slapping a grown man that's almost 60 years old on the Oscars, which is ridiculous. I, you know, my, my, my thought in this lane is that it happened, right? He did it. Um, it was her response. Like, why didn't she speak to that? Why didn't she speak to the fact that she felt like her man was uh, defending her? Why didn't she speak to his chivalry? She did not speak to any of that. And that man basically at that moment, as we see this unfold through his entire career out the window because of her allegedly. Well, you see the other angle that came out, right? Where she's laughing at the yes. slap. And then you don't see her console him at all. Like, it was right. just so cold. And listen, y'all, this is not a personal thing about Jada. But when I feel strongly about something, I'm going to talk about it. And I just don't like the way she was just sitting there after he just put it all on the line for you. I was right. like, hey, but you okay? Like, I would have said something. You just sat there right. cold, like, looking straight, like... <laughs> 
And you know what? To that point, Claudia, there's a section of the, the Black population right now that keeps screaming, sure, blame a Black woman for a Black man's actions. Y'all always looking for a reason to blame a Black woman. That's not what nobody's saying. Nobody is blaming Jada for what Will did. But we cannot sit back here and pretend like her and that diarrhea of the mouth at that damn red table was not a factor in what may have led him to do that. That is what we're saying. It's not her fault. I mean, but come on, this was a culmination of years of that damn table and years of that entanglement. And now they're going to go on the red table and get more ratings from this. And it's just like, again, hey, I, right. I meant to start the show with this before we got into the topics. Um, so please forgive me. I want to send condolences to the family and friends of, of my friend and celebrity makeup artist AJ Crimson, who passed away on Wednesday. Um, super sad story. This guy had his own 100% Black-owned high-end makeup brand. We did events in Dallas. He was amazing and talented and the outpouring of love for this man. I've heard stories that he perhaps drowned in Aruba and um, such a, a talented guy. Did either of y'all know him? Yeah, um, here's what's weird. Here's what's really uh, spooky um, and why I'm still in shock. AJ was in Miami last week. Uh, with James Knox, who filled in for me. And they both called me from Sawgrass Mills. They were at the outlet shopping. And we were all supposed to get together for dinner. And I fell asleep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when James called me and gave me the news, I was like, not AJ, who you were with last week, who all of us were supposed to go to dinner after y'all left Sawgrass. And it's just so surreal that somebody's voice who I heard in the background of the phone last week is now no longer here. Is that what you heard that he found as well? I, I didn't hear it. I haven't heard anything as it relates to cause of death. Right. I, you know, Claudia, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't know AJ, but I can tell you that um, just from, you know, the feed on IG, it seems like he was an incredible guy. It seems like he had a spirit of encouragement. He was always encouraging individuals, especially young men of color in the uh, LGBTQ um, community to do their best and be their best and stick to their craft and, and, and always show up and do your best job. Um, I did hear that he was on a scuba scuba diving trip in Aruba and that he drowned. So, I mean, very unfortunate to hear this. And I'm just sad that I, I, I didn't have, I didn't know him. Owning his own brand, being so young and no, the, everyone's saying the same thing about him, you know, how right. great was so rest in power okay um let's try to get this in real quick before we go to break up uh, we gotta listen i'm sorry but unfortunately will smith is a big part of the show tonight because it's there's so many angles to this according to tmz uh smith was never asked to leave the oscars despite previous reports stating otherwise it's now being reported that a producer told smith he could stay and that producer they said is will packer and then will packer came out and said uh-uh and it was a whole bunch of uh, 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 like things coming out that the police were about to arrest him and Chris Rock shut it down. Q, what, what you got to say about this? I told y'all last last week that people ain't asked him to leave. Mm -hmm. I told y'all that that reeked of a lie. They did not ask him to leave. Um, 
you know, the, the question is to why, you know, I think the one consensus that we are getting is that there were several people in the background that were in favor of him leaving. There were others who were in favor of him not leaving. Um, I always said that considering the fact that he was nominated for an award and due to get one, it probably would have caused more show upset to kick him out. The executive decision to allow him to stay probably made the most sense as it related to the flow of the show and creating any other awkward moments. But, you know, it goes without saying that he wasn't asked to leave because if he was going to be asked to leave, it would have been immediate. Security would have been over there. And we saw none of that. Al, we think about this. You know, I, I think I think the president, David Rubin and Don Hudson, the CEO, definitely had a conversation and probably said, look, he needs to be removed. Um, and because that's just the rule, that's the code of conduct. They probably, as the president and CEO, knew that. But as far as getting him up and out of there, I totally understand why it didn't happen. Uh, we know that we read multiple reports that they thought that it was a manic uh, reaction, um, that they felt like that it was very sensitive and they were afraid that it was going to cause more harm than good. And plus, you know, Will Packer, you know, uh, People around Will Packer and sources say that Will Packer really wanted him there to get that award. He worked hard for it and he felt like he deserved it. So I totally get it. I mean, I totally get it. We'll say this after the previous Oscars, I think the ratings fell off 56%. Didn't have that problem this time through the roof. Damn. Yeah, but you know what's so interesting though is that Will Packer in that entire production. He's appearing on all these shows, not about what a great job he did, but about the slap. That's so unfortunate. Really is. All right, y'all. Well, speaking of fortunate, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will be joined by the host of Fox Soul's newest show, Kitchen Talk. Mano, Georgie, and Hala, they will be joining us. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. We'll be back with more after the break. Welcome back to TGIF. Now joining us are the hosts of Kitchen Talk. But before we chat with them, let's take a look at a sneak peek of this show. I thought this was the coolest <laughs> I ever saw. Look at yeah. you, you so grown now? Yes. Phone on, phone on my hand. Dude like, yo, pull over Doing at the light. He's standing outside, he's standing on this on the outside. I said, pull over, all right, cool. I act like I was gonna pull over, pulled on him. He jumped in a car. <laughs> I didn't know he had his car. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mano, Georgie, and Hala. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Are y'all excited for the new show? Super excited. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Welcome to Foxhole, first of all. And real quick before we get into the questions, questions, why is it called Kitchen Talk? It's not a cooking show. It's not a cooking <laughs> show, and it's not a love show. Let me just tell you, though. Um, so I, started, I started the podcast in my house on a, on a uh, quarantine and, and, and the kitchen is where we always hung out at. And you know, from the street, you already know that the first place we gonna go is to the kitchen before we go outside. So um, I, it was kind of like a metaphor for, you know, that and the fact that when we come home at night and before we go out, the kitchen is where we congregate. Okay. Good. So it, it's funny, right? Because when I saw the flyer for the show and it said kitchen talk with Mano, I was like, Mano is not known for, for cooking. I was looking like a confused dog. I was like, well, <laughs> what is this? So it's like, okay, if it's not a kitchen show and it's not a love show, it's more of a show that, uh, you know, that's more about a vibe and conversations about life. So what can the viewers expect to see? 
Well, they can expect me getting bullied first. Okay. With <laughs> <laughs> those two women. These two le- lovely ladies, they, they like to bully me, you understand, in my own kitchen. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's real talk. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a vibe. It's, um, you know, it's, it's just us talking about life and, you know, and, and things that you would talk about at home. You know, sometimes I might be a little lit, you know, and we, you might get that side of it. You know, <laughs> think, about, think about times when, you know, before you went out or after you came out from the club and y'all was just congregating in the kitchen, talking and laughing. So it's like that. Wow. But Mano, you guys, from what I understand, are very open about talking about your personal lives on the show, right? Yeah. Is this is this true? I see I see a couple of smiles over here. Yeah, it <laughs> might not be as honest as me, though. I just want to be clear that he throws my business out there. It's not that oh, he, does? he just throws my business. Well, allegedly, oh, man. my business is. <laughs> but let's let's talk a little bit, Mayno, about your career. Like in the '90s, I find you so fascinating. In whoa, the whoa, '90s, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not from the '90s, bro. No, no, no. I said in the '90s. <laughs> I'm not from the '90s. I, oh, I, you I, weren't I, born in it. No, no, my music was not in the '90s. No, no, no. I'm saying in the '90s, you found your passion for rapping, right? Oh, oh, oh you were I'm in sorry. Right? He's a let me get that straight real quick. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, me talking about you heard me in the '90s. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not that. I'm not that that clueless now. I got to know a little bit about you, but in the right. '90s, though, right. in the '90s, from what I understand, you found your passion for rapping while you were incarcerated. Yes. Um, can you can you share with the listeners and the people that watch us how did rap music change your life? It changed my life. Period. I wouldn't be here uh, having this conversation with you about you know um, building my brand or anything. It would be no conversation at all. You wouldn't have heard of me, you know, in in no fashion if it wasn't for music. Music music was an outlet, and it gave me an opportunity to get out of the streets and get out of the some of the hell that I was involved in. Um, you know, it, it gave me some hope, you know, being in prison. I started rapping in prison. I never had any dreams or aspirations of being an artist prior to that. And the fact that, you know, I had, you know, uh, developed a talent inside and then I, I had the courage to get out here and to pursue it. It, it was everything for me. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your show, and, and I want to get to know these ladies here. Georgie and Hala, how did the show come about? And isn't it fun to have two girls gang up on a guy? Like, I am jealous sometimes, okay? You don't get to see that often, right? <laughs> it's fun. We don't bully. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Georgie. Uh, well, um, the show started um, when... Uh, uh, during quarantine, when um, Mano was going live and he would just have different people on his live and um, he came, uh, he came across uh, different, different people. And then he just called me. Actually, I called him, but he was just like, you know, I have this idea and I'm thinking about doing a show or whatever. So I was just like, let's do it. And it was me, him and um, our boy, Rick. Shout out to Rick. Um, and the rest is history. Holla came and we crushed it and we're here. Here you are. <laughs> so it brought, I just want to say they kind of brought me on the show um, to balance out all the, I'm not going to say toxic masculinity, but because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Georgie is a strong woman. 
but she definitely needed some backup sometimes because the, the things that they, you know, we bring up on the show, sometimes it needs, we need to like balance it out. So that that's kind of why I brought it on and I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Mayna, tell us, I mean, you all bring different perspectives to the show. So tell us why this combination works. It feels good, you know, I mean, because if it's, if it's just all male, then that's, you know, just the male perspective. I like the fact that Georgie hardly ever agrees with me on anything. Like it's like she lives <laughs> to just, you know, have a, a, a direct opposite opinion on everything that I could ever say. So it's, you know, you get both perspectives on, on a lot. And, and I don't always want to be the hero. You know, I don't always want to, I don't want to be the one that always feels like he knows what he's talking about you know I get I get checked a couple of times you know most times I know what I'm talking about I get checked every now and then and it's all good but it, it's a great balance you know me and them it, it, it feels good it feels natural we have fun and the guests come around and we have fun you know with them before we let you go a quick line just a sentence from each of you tell everyone why they should tune into the kitchen talk because we provide the vibe okay Georgie? It's a love show on a low. Someone's hooking up. Somebody hooking up. That's all I'm saying. Holla. Holla. Tell us the deal, Holla. I want to watch. But um, one thing you'll always see on the show is growth. You'll find all of us finding success through finding ourselves and not being ashamed of any of it. So... Well, we are here for it. Make sure you check the premiere of Kitchen Talk on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you miss the premiere, you can still catch Kitchen Talk all week long right here on Fox Soul. Congratulations to the three of you and welcome to the most successful streaming Black network on the air right now. Okay, and we are killing it. So thank you and welcome to the family. Thank you. We're so excited. Everyone. <laughs> Look, everybody, don't go anywhere because the host uh okay oh wait i'm sorry I'm not letting you go the hosts of kitchen talk are sticking around to give their take on some of the hot topics so you will be joining us in all of our messiness so stick around we'll be right back with more after this hey everybody welcome back to tgif uh we are joined by the host of foxhole's newest show kitchen talk all right we're gonna let them join in on the hot topics and see where their minds at see what they thinking what they what they think about these things so let's get into these topics all right y'all black china recently shared her thoughts on sacrifices she had to make as a single mom. <laughs> she tweeted yesterday, I had to give up three of my cars, my reasons, morals, and beliefs being I'm a single mother, no support. I'm a mama, single, and no child support. Well, her baby daddy, Tyga, responded with, I pay $40,000 a year for my son's school, and he lives with me Monday through Saturday. Why would I pay child support? Uh, actually, both baby daddies chimed in. One said I paid 40, one said I paid 37, and basically it came out allegedly she only got the kids for a couple of days. What do y'all think about Tiger's response? Let's go to our guest first. Georgie, which, let's go to you first. What do you think? Um, I think that you should think before you put things out there, <laughs> knowing right. what the truth is. I mean, I am a mom, so um, I don't feel like he was wrong <laughs> at all. I feel like he spoke his truth. And it wasn't anything wrong with that. I feel like if that was the thing, if you are doing things for your children and you're doing things for the sake of your children, knowing that you have support, then you should make that clear and not insinuate that you don't have it and you have to make these sacrifices because you don't have it. Okay. It may be a little tone deaf too at this time to say, oh, I have to get rid of three of my cars. Holla, yeah. what do you think? Well, we go to Mano last. What do you think? 
Yeah, I was just like, oh, like boohoo. And then not them answering. Like, I just felt like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you know, they both have social media. Like, if you were going to do that just to stunt or to do whatever you were doing, at least put it in your close friends. Like, that's where you go lie and, and spill fake tea. Like, I don't know what, what she was trying to do, um, but it didn't make her look good. And I just oh. feel like that's been a funny topic. Like, there's really single moms out there struggling. Like, facts. And you know, we all know that she's one of the high, she was one of the highest paid people on, on OnlyFans. Like, she, listen, Black China gets a bag. Mayno, what do you think about this? If you was paying a baby mama $40,000 a month for the, well, paying for the school, I'm sorry, $40,000 for, for the school, and the, you have the kids majority of the week, what would you say to this? I would say no bueno, but is, did she really mean it that way? Are we sure is that's how she meant it? Good point. Like, so, well, are we sure? What other way could it be interpreted? What other way could it be interpreted? I, I, I don't know, I'm just saying Black China is a, is a nice lady. <laughs> oh, you trying to? <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, I mean, I mean I, I, you know, she's, she's cool. I think she's cool too. Cool lady, you understand? Free her, you understand? <laughs> okay. Uh, Q, I see you chomping at the bit now. Go ahead. Man, listen, listen, listen. As high as gas is, ain't nobody feeling bad for that heifer that she had to give up three damn cars. You gave up three, how many you got left? And the funny thing about it is she tried to put them guys on blast and the trick got played, all right? First of all, it's making her look like a bad mama because it's only seven days in the week and both of those men describe having a child five days apiece, leaving you with two and no money. I'm gonna tell you what don't happen. Hoen don't stop paying. You know what I'm saying? And she approaching 40. <laughs> Pussy ain't going for what it used to. Whoa! Wait a minute. Chicken meat high. Conk meat high. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> coming in like it used to. So yeah, mama, you had to give back them three damn cars. But how many you got left? Black China's still very paid. Al? What? You know I'm a Black China fan, so I'm a rock with Mayno on this one. You, I, I, I like her. I think May, I think uh, that Black China don't make any uh, mistakes. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was saying, and she knew the conversation that it would cause. She got both of those men to jump on Twitter and 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 engage with her. Um, but you're right. I think I can't remember who said this, but it didn't make her look that great in the sense that it takes a lot for a mother to not get their child. And it takes a lot for a mother to not get their daughter. So that's the only thing that I'm wondering. Does she really think about how that would actually make her look? But other than that, I'm definitely a Black China fan. So you trying to holler at her? Um, Al, would you like to holler at <laughs> I holler at everybody that moves and got a pulse. You already I know. I, 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 don't, I don't see this as being strategic or smart on her part because I don't see how she benefits from this at all. Well, them I just feel like she didn't think about it. I, I feel like engaging her and making her look stupid on social media benefits her how. She I just looks feel like dumb she... as hell right now. And you look like a bad mama. You ain't got your kids. I like Black China. Oh, I would say, I would say that, I mean, there's many times she may have uh, looked a, 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 some way to people many times. I don't think. I think she got thick skin. I don't think she's that right. bothered. Listen, she's doing it on purpose though. Maybe it's just like building this character. She is putting out music now, so you know what I'm gonna say this. Um, Who that? <laughs> you know what, Q? I'm just. We are, 
we are going to wrap our guests right now before we get them into our cesspool of mess. Because I see they're a lot kinder than we are. So I don't want to get y'all involved in our nonsense. Listen, thank you so much. We want everyone to tune in to your show uh, right here on Fox Old Kitchen Talk. Thank you so much, Mano. Thank you so much, Georgie. And thank you so much, Holla. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And we're going to get ourselves in trouble without uh, dragging the guests into our nonsense. We'll be right back now. Thank you so much. And we'll good luck. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to TJF. Shout out to the chat and all your love and support. Thank you so much for supporting all of us and all the new talent coming to Foxhole. I love how you guys embrace everybody. So thank you so much. All right, y'all. Next to uh, getting back to the hot topics, Ashanti is the latest entertainer to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but some people aren't feeling it. One person wrote, there are more worthy stars, no shade. Another person wrote, Ashanti, before Beyonce and Whitney? Oh, I didn't know that. And another person wrote, I'm proud of her, but it seems like they're giving these out to anybody. Do y'all think Ashanti deserves a star you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say she doesn't deserve one, right? I'm not going to say she doesn't deserve one. It just feels a bit premature to me. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, I didn't know Beyonce didn't have one yet. And I did not know Whitney didn't have one yet. I'm going to have to fact check that because that just feels wrong. But then if that bit of information is correct, then yeah, I'm sitting here looking like a confused dog. Like, because that just don't make sense. And, and, and it's not hating at all. But the careers just don't match up. You know what I'm saying? They just don't match up. If you're telling me, be, I mean, I mean, quiet as it's kept, Kelly Rowland should have one before Ashanti. Um, I'm trying to think who else should have one. Um, uh, let's let's get into that. Uh, uh, Johnny Gill, Genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people out there. Sh- sh- do Lil Kim got one? Yolanda Adams. Does she have one? You, you know guys. A lot of people out there who should have one before Ashanti if we're basing it off career merit. Okay, so hold on. Let me help let me help you two out. That's not how the star of fame works, everybody. You actually pay for your star. So what happens is there's a committee and people can nominate you. And so after they nominate you and you become a nominee, the organization then comes to you and say, Hey, would you like to buy the star? So for people like um, past people that were nominated, like Prince and Madonna and Bruce Springsteen, they find it kind of humiliating to be asked to pay for a star. So that's why people like that don't have it. People like Beyonce, how dare you ask Beyonce to pay for a star? She is the birth of a star. So I think that's why those particular individuals and entertainers don't have a star. For someone like Ashanti, she was nominated. They went to Ashanti and they said, hey, you can get this star. You were nominated, but you got to pay us $50,000. And she felt like it was worth the investment. And she did it. Or someone in her camp did it. And now she's on the road to getting her Hollywood star. I, I forgot about that, that they do charge you. And you know what? Real quick, y'all, some, they want to nominate us for another award, but we got to pay. We got split seven hundred dollars. Would y'all be down? <laughs> <laughs> you better no. talk to James. Hell no, no. Because here's the thing: it's not an award. Then that that right. it's not right. an award. If I have to, if I have to pay to get it, that's not an award. Or, or at least you're gonna have to word that better. You have to say we're gonna give y'all this award. Would y'all mind making a donation to the charity? And I'm probably still gonna say no. But if you gotta pay to get it, that's not an award. 
So are none of the stars, do you think the stars are like throw the whole system away? Because if everyone that has, because I'd be going, when I used to live in LA, I would go and be like, who is this person? And they would have right. stars. I would never heard of them. So it's well, basically whoever is a money-making thing. Me. I think Definitely now knowing this information, it's actually in a, a reverse award, right? Because the real stars are like, nah, B, we ain't paying for that. But but the the people, it look like the people who are willing to pay for it are the people whose careers won't allow them to have all <laughs> that big. So no, that's I refuse to let you talk now, about a star team like you that. You just turned that star <laughs> into an insult. I don't even want it. So the stars, so I'm gonna have to pay the 700 by myself. <laughs> Claudia, go to the next story. Basically. I'm going to need $233 from both of y'all. I'm not, what organization is it, is it from the Girl Scouts? I mean, who is the I'm not going to say it because if they see us pop up with the award, I want them to think that we didn't have to pay. First of all, any award that we only got to pay $750 for, my Gucci sneakers cost more than that. So I will pass. I will gladly pass. Thank you. It's a sneaker. It's half a, it's one, it's, a, it's half a pair of I don't of want it. No, thank you. Al, I'm at, you you at least you could have, if you would have said it's 70000 I'd have been like, oh, it's something that's going to bring us some prestige. But maybe this is a $750 award. Maybe I can go down to uh, Office Depot and print out my own certificate. Okay. I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> don't put my name on it, Claudia. I don't want to. Oh, first. I'm going to be running the funky bunch all over that stuff. Go to the next story. Not put my name on that. We'll do a GoFundMe account for. Hey, can the soulmates raise us $700 when we get this award? (laughs) You see how pathetic that feels? Like, I don't want it. I do. Well, you you get it. You, You get the Claudia Jordan Award. And y'all can put T, but leave off the G-I-L. <laughs> nope. <laughs> T-word. <laughs> this is so funny. All right, y'all, moving on. The fans are going to, oh, someone said get it done. Okay. All right, they got it. All right, according to the New York Post, a woman named Desiree White recalled the time she ditched her husband for his best man at her wedding. The best man professed his undying love for her while toasting to her and her ex's nuptials. Now, the best man said, I remember the first moment I saw Desiree. I loved her. I fell in love with her. I knew she had to be mine. I thought she was the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. He continued with, then I found out she already had a boyfriend and I thought I needed to find out a way to get her. But then I met Desiree's ex-husband and we became friends. The pair became a a couple less than a year later and eventually tied the knot. White describes their relationship as living the dream. Now the couple has four children. What are your thoughts on this crazy love story? Is this romantic or not? The optics of it is horrible, but drastic times call for drastic measures, right? Because it <laughs> obviously looks as if this may have been the man for her. They got four damn kids. They, you know what I'm saying? They got four kids and it looks as if the person that she was with, I mean, must have not been the one she was supposed to be with because she got up and left so easily. So obviously she must have been feeling the same thing that he was feeling. And while it may have caused a lot of heartache for the ex-husband at the time, it almost feels as if it was destiny and that it may have saved him in the long run. It cost him a little embarrassment, but I'm sure the husband that did that proposed to her at the wedding I'm sure he would do it all over again because he got the woman of his dreams and the family of his dreams. So it's ugly, but it's the right thing. I mean, they, they okay. love him. 
The ends justify the means because I yeah. ended up happy. It works. Yeah. So let me tell you, I, when I first when I first heard this story, I was like, okay, TikTok's doing it again. Y'all remember that COVID that COVID couple that they had to like quarantine together because they met, they both caught COVID, and they and I was just like, okay, so maybe this is a TikTok story to kind of you know get attention and get likes or whatever. But then I started thinking about it, Claudia. I'm from, like I said before, Horsebash of Virginia, <clears throat> and stuff like this happens there. Because they people that I went to high school with stay in the town and they marry each other. They were friends in college, girlfriends in college, friends of friends. in I mean, not college, high school, girlfriends in high school, friends of friends in high school. And they end up marrying each other and then divorcing. And then the best friend ends up marrying the wife or the best man ends up doing stuff like this because that's all that you have in the town. So after I started processing it and thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wow, this actually does happen. It happens. It happens in my hometown. I can think of people that I went to high school with that have dated and been married to three people in my same graduating class. Mm. Well, I had a friend that snatched her friend's uh, guy and they were married for a long time and she might be watching so I'm not gonna give too many details but at the time I was like damn but it it the longer the couple lasted the more it's like well okay that was meant to be yeah yeah all right y'all uh we gotta take a break but when we come back we're gonna talk about reparations some of us gonna get them okay some of us ain't. <laughs> <laughs> right we'll be right back with more after this Welcome back to TGIF. All right, let's keep it going. Um, according to ABC 7 LA, a 5-4 vote, uh, a California task force agreed that descendants of enslaved and free Black people in the U.S. during the 19th century are eligible for state compensation. The task force members, most of whom can trace their family heritage back to enslavement in the U.S., deba debated on who should be eligible for reparations and how it should be dispersed. Now, those who advocated for using lineage as an approach argued that a comp compensation and restitution plan based on genealogy, as opposed to race, has the best chance of surviving a legal challenge. What are your thoughts on this, Alice? Start with you. I'm excited. Oh, gosh, I'm excited. It's so interesting, though, that the state of California <laughs> would be a state to lead this charge and reparation because they were nowhere close to a slavery state. It seems like a state like Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, or even Virginia would have been a leader in this conversation. But I'm glad to see that the state of California is doing this. I think it's going to change the narrative completely around reparations, something that we thought that would never happen is now becoming into view. I'm liking the fact that they're saying that it's going to come not only in a cash payment, but also in a form of a housing voucher of some sorts, as well as um, college education, which I think is huge for our communication. And we know as it relates, and Claudia, you're a real estate mogul now. Don't, don't pretend like you don't know. Owning property is how you get real wealth in America. So I'm super excited about this. I hope that this spills over to the other 49 states in the United States and that all Americans, African-Americans, will be able to take some of this reparation all the way to the bank. I think California is more uh, sensitive about it or uh, open to it because they don't, it's not ingrained into their fabric like it is on the right. South. You know what I mean? So they're like more appalled, like, oh, we didn't do that. You know, some parts of the South, they still have that mentality that got passed down from the, the generations. So they're, you, so they're more guilty, you think? 
Yeah, they're more like, uh-uh, more. we ain't giving them, rep- they're more defensive of it, where California is more progressive, and they're like, no, right, right is right, wrong, is they're, they're removed from it more. Q, what right. do you think about this story? You know, this is a, just a very nuanced story. So, you know, I, I read a portion of the article that was saying uh, reparations, people are proposing that reparations only be granted to people who are able to trace their lineage back to chattel slavery, right? And I totally agree with that. They were saying that everybody that's Black, like if you if you got to America any other way, that you would not be eligible. That's what they're debating. And some people are saying it would be divisive if you just don't give it to all Black people in America. And um, I don't know that I agree with that. Like if, if you were not a direct descendant of chattel slavery, I personally don't think that you should be eligible for the reparations, no matter how divisive it may be. I would be curious in knowing what the total cash value of the reparations would be, meaning the housing voucher, the cash, the housing voucher, the college voucher, and the cash Cash. allotment. Because Mm -hmm. if it's just a couple thousand dollars, I just don't know that the juice will be worth the squeeze in relation to the amount of turmoil that it'll cause in this country. I personally know that I, coming off of this Donald Trump administration, I am just not ready to live in another racially tense space. So you know what I'm saying? So if it's just a little $5,000 check, it's symbolic at best and the juice is not worth the squeeze. But if it's really going to be something that's really going to make a difference, like you were saying about the housing voucher, you know, y'all giving away whole houses, y'all giving away whole college educations, then it's something that I think I would most definitely be willing to to get behind and withstand the racial war that it's definitely going to cause. Got it. Q, let me share something with you, though. We need to get we need to get you behind this period, Uh, whether it's a thousand dollars or whether it's one million Uh, Native Americans in America. The American economy sets aside three hundred billion dollars a year for what they did to Native Americans. I feel like the United States of America owes African-Americans descendants of the slave trade the exact type of reparation. So whatever that looks like, we need to take it because not only do we deserve it, deserve it, but we earned it. And, you know, we we can't ignore the other groups that have been all of a sudden we're finding billions of dollars for these people when when it's all said and done. I mean, with Ukraine, with the Japanese, uh, the Chinese. No, I'm sorry. Was it Japanese or Chinese? Uh, Don't mean to put them all in one group, but I think it was the Chinese here. Japanese, I'm sorry, the Japanese. And, um, you know, everyone else is getting reparations. You know, there's been uh, reparations in different forms here in this country. We seem right. to find money for them. And I feel like with us, with Black people, they just, oh, they're complaining about it again. Listen, this, you cannot deny the effect of uh, the uh, prosperity of America. A lot of it is because it got a 200-year head start of free labor. Any country that has 200 years or 300 years or 400 years of free labor is going to be wildly successful. So why can't the great-great-great-grandkids uh, of them, you know, right. get a piece of that money? We should. I California has been very progressive. They returned to, I'm sorry, Q, they returned to beachfront property in a very expensive area yeah, uh, to a black that. family that could prove. And that was a huge step. Huge. Yeah. You know, it, it's just weird because when, 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 when I think this thing through, I just think I have such little faith in this country. Um, you know, I mean, do you do you honestly, let's just say, let's just say hypothetically, California passes this tomorrow. When do you think it'll pass in the Georgias, the Carolinas, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida? Um, well, I think I think the 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 thing is this is an awesome start. 
You know what I mean? Because we didn't have it at all until California started. And I think that's kind of how the end of the civil rights movement, I mean, the, the rights, civil rights started to develop, right? It's, you know, where did it start and what state followed? I just really, I'm feeling very, very, very comfortable with this start. Now, let me tell you, the only thing that I think we should do a deeper dive in is, do you guys think it only should be in lineage? Because think about this. We as African-Americans have gone through so much period beyond just slavery that's not lineage based. Well, it's going to be so it is going to cause not only a divide with black and whites, but I've you've already seen the last few years with this, you know, the foundational black Americans telling black people that have a white parent or you're not, you you know, you kind of can't sit with us. I've been told many times you're not black. Well, my father, my my father's dad, like his grandpa was a slave and, and ran off. You know what I mean? So we have slavery. I, I can track my lineage and my slave to, to slavery. And I uh, will say this, you know, you got the devils in the details, right? You have to be able to prove it. Well, what right. they do to us when they came over here, they, they, they changed our last names. They made it very difficult for us to really trace. We got these white sounding last names, you know, Johnson, that was, you, you know, you was just John's slaves. You know what I mean? So it's going to be really right. hard to trace it down. But for the ones that can, I mean, and yeah, I, I think it more, it should be a blanket. You know what I mean? Like, because just, even if you're not a direct descendant of slavery, you, you are a direct descendant of racism. We might That's not right. be a direct descendant of slavery, which I'm not saying I'm not, but we are definitely a direct descendant of racism and all of that and what it's done to our psyche and our ability to feed our families, our ability to go to banks and get um, loans, our ability to get car loans, our ability to get apartments, whatever it is, we have felt the raft of this and we need to be compensated. Let me ask you this. Does somebody whose family, and this is why it gets very messy, does somebody whose family immigrate here, let's just say from Africa or some other black nation, let's just say they immigrated here in 1970, their lineage does not date back to slavery. Let's say, uh, you know, does that person whose family immigrated here in the 80s, do they get the same reparation as somebody from Horse Pasture, Virginia, who can trace their family to? Right. to so I'll tell slavery? you, I'll tell you, according to the California reparation um, uh, clauses, you're not allowed if you are not an American. Okay, so you can't be you can't come from another country and have been here. But if you are are an American citizen with the right to vote, then you are eligible for reparations. Again, when you but when you go through if when you go through the process, you eventually become a citizen, you Mm -hmm. become an American citizen and you can vote. So, again, my question is, does the person whose lineage does not trace back to slavery, whose family immigrated in the 80s? who are now American citizens, do they get the same reparation as the pe- person from Horse Pasture, Virginia, who can trace right. their lineage to slavery? Gonna, this is going to have us fighting amongst ourselves I more than exactly. we're going to be fighting with the white people. So, again, I ask, uh, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes. You're just talking about a $3,000 check or a $5,000 check. It's the the dev the collateral damage that it's going to cause for the sake of symbolism. I don't think it's worth it. And please don't think that I'm not in favor of a reparation. I am, but give me give the juice has just got to be worth the squeeze. You know, when Wells Fargo did all that predatory lending, and I, I lost my house, I, and I was part of that huge lawsuit. Like I, it was like a six hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, there was a huge lawsuit, and it ended up being th- three hundred and some dollars for my house, right? Uh, it pissed me off because I remember saving for that house and how hard it was. Um, with this, 
Yeah, you're right, Q. It's going to be very, it's probably going to be small. So they need to give us uh, reparations and, and not only just cash, but I, I would like for some of us to be exempt from taxes, from federal taxes. I think that would be a way. I think they can give us more access to lending at a lower rate. They owe us that because our white counterparts have gotten so much further ahead of us. I argue with this one. This lady on the plane one time that tried to argue me down, I said, I don't have any relatives that can pass down land to me that were here back in the day, as opposed to you. And Shot that's what they need. To, they need to break us off some, some of that land. Shot clock. Okay. All right, y'all. Fantastic show. We had a fun time. Uh, I want to thank the co-hosts, Funky Dineva and Al Reynolds, and also our guest, Mayno George and Hala. Thank you for watching us. Stay tuned for the premiere of The House. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. And um. Oh, soulmates, stay tuned because I'm the guest. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting. Please tease your show. Tease it, tease it, tease it. Everybody, listen, this is the most in-depth, most vulnerable interview I've ever given on a public platform. So you guys be sure to tune in and, and stay for the after show afterwards because we want to discuss what I talked about. See you later.